Yes, wonderful. Yay. How are you? your own word. (laughs) (laughs) We're already starting. (laughs) Not mad at each other. (laughs) I'm leaving. I'm not playing with you guys anymore. This is how I love. (laughs) Don't worry, it's the grief talking. (laughs) (laughs) So we are back. Season two. Episode two. Okay, so last week I totally forgot to introduce Rochelle. I have, I don't know why I cannot remember to introduce people when they come on. I know what it is. You know why? Because we sit down the way we're sitting down, and then it's just a conversation. So mm-hmm. when we have conversations, it's not like, hey, and how do I know you every time I see you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we should start doing that, though. Maybe we should, like, yeah. hey, how long have we known each other? How long? Yeah, You okay. have to come up with a new answer every time. Yeah. Like pre-grief, post-grief, pre-death, post-death, <laughs> pre-retreat, after retreat. <laughs> well, that would work for Nicole and I because I we saw each other but then didn't meet until we went on a retreat. Yeah. So, or until I went on a retreat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And remember, I read your toes before we went on retreat, so we didn't really know each other. You didn't read my toes. Yes. Before. Remember, she was, you were at the old Zen Center and you were sitting on the floor it was me, you, oh and Nicole, God. and you were like, "Oh, she's a toe reader," and blah blah blah. And I just looked at one of your toes, and that was the first time we ever met. But we didn't talk again until we went on retreat. I don't remember that. I remember That's that. wild. I do remember mm-hmm. that. Oh my gosh. Okay, so let's do quick intros. So, I'm Sonia. This is my podcast. <laughs> just kidding. Um, and Teresa. You and I met in 2019 when we went to Bali yes. with Holy Healing Bali for a retreat. Yes. But it feels like we've always known each other. Yeah. Yeah. Our souls have known each Our other. Souls many have known lifetimes. Each- many. And Nicole. Nicole. Nicola. <laughs> why have we never done that? Um, everybody does that. I've done and that it's one annoying, one. and that's why you don't do it. Yeah. I know, but I like it. Okay, you can do it. It's <laughs> okay. not that annoying. Okay, good, because I like it. <laughs> when we go to the stores, I'm going to be, I can't find you. I'm going to go, Nicola. <laughs> and then I'll cough, because I clearly need a cough drop. <laughs> and then I'll run over with the lemon flavored. Yes. <laughs> and then we met when I came on retreat in 2018. Mm-hmm. Five years ago. Five years ago. Seems so much longer, though. It seems so much longer, but also for me, I think it's kind of, I, I just, I feel like an entirely different person. A hundred percent. Right? I feel like I've lived a lifetime in that five years. There's <laughs> yeah, definitely same. like pre-Bali and then there's life after not even Bali. It's holy healing Bali. Right. Yeah. Yeah. When you go on retreat, mm-hmm. there's life before the retreat, mm-hmm. life after your first retreat. Oh, yeah. Life yeah. after second your retreat. second retreat, yeah. life after coaching while waiting for the third <laughs> retreat. <laughs> and finally, after your fourth retreat. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm a little slow on the uptake. So. <laughs> I needed to go on retreat several times so that I could. Or she's just committed to unlayering herself. Yeah. Well, and and we've talked about this before, but, you know, I think sometimes we're hard on ourselves when we don't get things the Mm -hmm. first time. Right. Like, oh, I'm at work. 
I just started this new job. I should know everything on the first day. Yeah. And I think it's a lot with women too. We do that. Mm-hmm. Like I, we have so many people on our team specifically that are so knowledgeable and they bring so much to the table. And then they're really hard on themselves when they don't know something that is not common knowledge and that you don't touch every day. Yeah. Right? And I always try to tell them, you contribute so much. How dare you not know every single thing about the insurance industry? How <laughs> dare you? Mm-hmm. Like, But it's like, go easy on yourself. You cannot know everything all the time. So I think that's the same thing with a retreat. You go on the first time and it's like drinking through a fire hose. Yeah. <laughs> You're just right. like, oh my gosh, what is happening? Well, for me, this is my experience. And again, from the last episode, I'm, I'm always going to be speaking to my experiences. Mm-hmm. But I've also witnessed other people that go and they're already open and they receive the information and they only went one time because it clicked for them. So totally. It was awesome. And so Teresa, you are a self-love coach. Yes. And you also do toe readings. Yes. Which are amazing. So much fun. So much fun. And you did an awesome toe reading for me. I want to say how long ago? Like, I don't even remember. But you did a toe reading for me and you said you get ingrown toenails. And I said, Mm -hmm. yes, on my big toes. And you said, you know what those are. He said they're piercing thoughts. And yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. Know, right? And I have not had ingrown toenails since. Yeah, it's just getting present around what's there. Yeah, it was awesome. I, know. I was like, oh my gosh. Great. It was really cool. Yeah. Uh, so I love that. Thank you. And Nicole, you are a psychic medium. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a spo- a spookies. The a spookies. <laughs> a spookies. <laughs> Um, but then also just an all around good human being. Thank you. That is always well intentioned in everything that you deliver and provide. So thank you. Not that Teresa isn't. Sorry. No, she's totally. Yeah. You are also. Okay, good. You're trying to hurt my feelings. I know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. That doesn't happen here. <laughs> Nicole, you're such an amazing person. Yeah. Teresa, you're dog food. <laughs> you just read toes. Not Purina. Not Alpo. Is Alpo still around? It is. It is? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel like I remember Alpo from the 80s. Mm-hmm. It's a so sturdy good. brand. <laughs> <laughs> Tried and true. <laughs> and then we've been on several retreats together. Mm-hmm. And then we also we went to Costa Rica. That was my last retreat that I went on for me. Yeah. I was on the serve team. Uh, but the last retreat that I went on was Costa Rica. And it was four months after Anthony had passed. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting to go there because everybody was so excited about going. And I wasn't. <laughs> like, and it wasn't that I wasn't excited. I just, I had zero expectation about yeah. going. I didn't have any expectation what we were going to do. So I, and I wasn't anticipating what was going to happen there. And it was literally one of the most amazing retreats that I've been on with Holy Healing Bali. Thank you. It was awesome. My room was ridiculous. Um, Aside even, from that monkey that well, broke in, right? Yeah, man. <laughs> Dude. 
it's a door thing. It's just a door thing for me because per usual, <laughs> as I've talked about before, I just have problems with the fucking doors. And, and this is in my life, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, do- <laughs> physical doors and mm-hmm. energetic doors, energetic, emotional yeah. doors, emotional doors, all the yep. fucking doors, man. It's like the others. Like I'm always closing one, <laughs> opening one, closing one, opening one. So annoying. Uh, but we went, they told us when they gave us a tour of the house that make sure to keep your doors closed because the monkeys come in and they want your stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So sure enough, I, well, first of all, I couldn't get out to enjoy my patio. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And I was talking to, was it you or Rochelle? I don't remember. It was somebody, they were on the other balcony and I was like, I can't open the door. Like I'm motioning, <laughs> like I can't open the door. And then they were motioning back to me, pull it. And I was like, I'm pulling it. And like, I was, oh, pulling. it was me. Cause then I did yeah, come we in were and pulling it. And she's like, pull it. And I was like, I'm trying to pull it. Well, you slide it. Oh, okay. You slide them open, not pull them open. That's what I meant, like pull it to the side. Yeah, like pull it to the side. Yeah. And no. So that was the first thing. Then I go to breakfast, come back, and I thought I had locked it with the monkey lock because I don't want a monkey in my room. Mm-hmm. She did not lock it. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I did not lock it. And I walk into my room, and you know, like, when you walk in and something's off? Yeah. Like, like, yeah. So I walk in, I put my bag down, and I'm like looking around, and I'm all, something is off. What's off? Oh, well, my door's a little bit open. Got it. So now I'm like looking around. <laughs> I look to my left. There's a monkey. Oh, my. He was still in there? He was in my room <laughs> holding the ceramic a canister of sugars. Oh. So he's holding it there, and we lock eyes. <laughs> And I learned in Bali, you don't look him in the eye, uh-huh. like because that's a sign of aggression. Yeah. But I was looking him in the eye, and I was like, "Don't do it, don't." And I was talking to him. I said, "Don't do it." And he was holding it, oh my and goodness. he was about to run. And I was like, "Don't you do it, <laughs> don't you do it." And he went to run, and I was like, "Hey!" And he threw the canister up in the air. You guys, it exploded. Like it was like somebody. Like put dynamite in it. Oh the way God. it exploded, like, <laughs> like the like the ceramic was everywhere. It was in oh my suitcase. Oh my gosh! Like, cause my suitcase was open on the suitcase stand. Mm-hmm. The glass was everywhere, and he ran out of the room. He didn't even get any sugar. And I was from like, that? "You son of no!" And I was like, "God damn it!" And he ran out, and he <laughs> he closed the door. He right? closed the door. Yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, I closed the door, okay. and I ran, and I was like, "Oh my gosh." So then cut to a few days later. <laughs> like, now they know there are people here. Like, uh-huh. so it mu- they must have known. It was like Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, my gosh. Like, dude, they were everywhere. I was in my room, and I heard people downstairs, and everybody, I just started to hear screaming. Oh, like, oh my God. It was so funny. I was setting up for a meditation. Yeah. <laughs> And it's early in the morning, so they only kind of stroll by early in the morning. And we're we're staying in this mansion up in the jungle, so it's beautiful, it's majestic. These monkeys are adorable, but I hear somebody scream in one room, so I go running toward that room, and then somebody's screaming on the top floor. So I'm like, everybody's screaming, and I'm like, wait, I'm coming! I don't know. Monkeys taking sugar everywhere. Every they were everywhere, and then and then 
my side door, I know I locked that side door, but apparently, and so the curtain was still closed because it was still early in the morning. Yeah. And I just see a little head <gasps> pop up from under the curtain. <laughs> oh and, my God. And I was like, hey, <laughs> hey. <laughs> and he dropped his hand and ran out. And I just yelled out. I was like, invasion. <laughs> and, then, and then I just started hearing the screaming. Oh like, my gosh. Everywhere. So funny. It was literally the most hilarious and they don't bother you like yeah. they don't they Nobody's don't screaming yeah. like out of fear they're screaming no. out of like excitement and trying to grab yes. their phones and record all the adorable it's, monkey business it is so funny and the, they're just funny creatures like mm-hmm. like you're not scared it's not scary but it's just hilarious yeah and that's why, like, I yelled invasion because I just wanted everybody, like, pick up your so shit, man. Yeah. Close your doors because yeah. they're coming. <laughs> <laughs> they're coming for your sugar. <laughs> and then they they had growler monkeys, which I never had. I never howler saw. Howler monkey. Oh, howler monkey. I never saw one. Did you ever see one? Yeah, I did. Okay. But I was there. A, okay. A couple weeks. Oh, that's so right. I saw a couple of them. And they just, like, in the, in the forest, mm-hmm. it's like, oh my gosh but loud yeah you can hear them for my from miles away yeah and come to find out when you hear them that loud they're not even close to you was it mating season is that what they're doing i don't know i don't know no it's um protection because i oh yeah yeah to throw off predators yes i googled it oh well there you go well it threw me off i wasn't fucking going out there (laughs) she was like what is that i was like that's just a howler monkey yeah i was like oh no that's none of my goddamn business (laughs) No, it was unfortunate. <laughs> Dag nabbit. Dag nabbit. Uh, so yeah, and then uh, <laughs> we did an early morning meditation, and we're all weeping. Like it was so beautiful that morning meditation. Thank you. Oh, it was so good, and you know we're meditating and we're out there praying and the sun's coming up and and then all of a sudden Nicole's doing like a meditation (laughs) deal and she goes at the end she's like and we're just gonna end with a how do you say it we're gonna how are you gonna end with an ohm right with an ohm and on that final exhalation we're gonna end with an ohm to solidify and uh, close our practice yes and she goes Oh, like the deepest. <laughs> and I've never heard her. I've never heard you do that. And I was crying. Like I had a, a huge breakthrough moment about mm-hmm. why I wasn't anticipating going on the trip, about why I was going to accept whatever it was and how really I need to do that in my life is stop having expectations for things. So I was a mess. Like she did that home. It took me right the fuck out of it. I was like, and I almost started like dying laughing. I was like, because oh. <laughs> she's so little, like she's so little and like her voice is like regular and she's like, oh, I can't even get down there. And all I could think of was that movie Spaceballs uh-huh. when they capture the princess <laughs> And she's in the jail uh-huh. <laughs> and, and they go to find her and somebody's singing and they're uh-huh. like, nobody knows the trouble I see. <laughs> like, and then he opens a little latch and it's her. It's her singing that way. That's all I could think of. When Nicole... yeah, that's me in meditation. <laughs> I, I'm so happy I didn't crack up. 
<laughs> it would have been hilarious if you did. Oh, That's yeah. the point of the deep based ohm at the end is to like reground you and wake you back up and like get you back into your body. But it startled Sonia back into her body. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, like in my position, like hands open, like sitting, welcoming everything that God has to offer me. Oh, no, like, what the fuck? <laughs> Jesus? Is that you? <laughs> and again, we're like in the jungle. We're outside on this uh, beautiful balcony and it's jungle sound. So I think it was extra loud because it was like echoing out into the jungle. <laughs> were you surprised by it? Uh, no. That's uh, <laughs> what I do. <laughs> I was dead. I was like, oh my God, I can't. Is Oh my gosh. It was the, that trip, man. Costa Rica... Ooh. It's its own kind of magic. It really is. It it really, really was. And I don't, it was the first trip that I had taken internationally where there was not an emergency at home. Like it was the first time in two years that I had been anywhere internationally where I didn't have to be concerned that anything might happen while I was away. Right. Yeah. And I think that also provided a lot of space for me that I hadn't had in the last few years. So uh, it was hilarious and beautiful, fantastico. I don't know that I need to go back to Costa Rica mm-hmm. um, just because we did so much and it was so... Yeah, right. It's a really intentionally delivered retreat. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know that... I mean, I don't even know that I'd go back there to visit, mm-hmm. um, except I would like to take my niece and my nephew to that park, Miguel yeah, Antonio cool. Park. Or Manuel Antonio Park. Yeah. (laughs) That was really cool. And I think the animals and stuff like that. So, And I just wanted to remind everyone what the name of the song was because I kind of flubbed it up in the last podcast that I was talking about uh, when I was talking about money and wanting to make sure that I was addressing that I have everything that I need, that I don't need to be searching for all the things creating a scarcity conversation. Uh, so it's by Beautiful Chorus, and it's called I Am Everything. And again, it is seven minutes long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, it's a real banger. Yeah. It's a banger. It is. It's a banger. But it's awesome. They also have another one, um, Breathe It In, mm-hmm. which... Pretty much everything they yeah. sing is uh, gold, so just yeah. follow them. They're the best. They're the best. Yeah. And you guys introduced me to that. Of course I did. Yeah. <laughs> I tell everybody about them. I'm mildly obsessed. Right. They're so good. I don't know. I saw that they might be in concert. I don't know that I could go to that concert, though. I don't know. We're going to find out. Could you imagine? Yeah. I I really don't know what that experience is like. Is it just like transcendental like meditation where you come out of your body and fly through the arena? Because that's how I feel like it would be. I don't know what (laughs) transcendental means. (laughs) Transcending? Oh, okay. I was like, what? <laughs> I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> I just imagine that we just like be swaying the whole time with our eyes closed. Right? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I fell asleep at a John Legend concert. So oh, I don't know no. if I would maybe fall asleep. Maybe it's because you're just ordinary people. <laughs> I hate when you're Penny. <laughs> John Legend. Oh, I love me some John Legend. So we have been talking for two years about doing a podcast episode about grief. And it never really worked out, right? 
it was either somebody was busy, mm-hmm. somebody was in the middle of somebody dying. Um, like yeah. it really was, you know, just it never, it never ever worked out. And both of you have children, mm-hmm. um, so your schedules are obviously very ridiculous. Very, yeah. ridiculous. You guys are also both entrepreneurs, business owners, and so as we know, when you're your own boss, the hours are whatever the 24 seven, 24 seven supply and yep. demand. So if they need something, so first of all, let me just say, I appreciate you guys clearing your schedule out. Cause I am not paying you to be here. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is really ironic is that we, I text you guys and I said, it's time to do the grief episode. I feel it. When are you available? And you guys both had today which is a Saturday open yeah and this was just on Wednesday like and we both were together when you sent the text oh you were yeah uh-huh. oh my gosh yeah. and I was like Teresa when are you I'm available Saturday she's like I'm available Saturday I was like are we doing this are we grieving yeah. <laughs> I was like I don't know yeah I guess <laughs> per usual yeah per usual Teresa was like you want me to feel pain I would rather not yeah. No, I'm, I'm just happy. My own emotions. I'm happy all the time. <laughs> I'm happy all the time. Everything's fine. I'm like, what are those tears on your cheeks when you're so happy, friend? I'm just holding space, you guys. <laughs> She's like, this is sweat. I'm sweating. I'm sweating through my eyes. My eyes are hot. <laughs> but yeah, it was the craziest thing. And we are recording the day after the anniversary that Anthony had passed. Mm-hmm. So that's also, you know, so we got all the signs from... All the ancestors, Mm -hmm. Jesus, all the things. So, yeah, I think uh, it was perfect timing that we, you know, do the grief episode. Yes. Here's the other piece of it is I have realized that I've never grieved before. Mm. Ever. I have mourned. Mm -hmm. I have supplemented, supplemented grief with other things and I think you know specifically I would when people have passed in the past you know like my grandma I'll give my my grandma's probably the best example because I've lost a lot of people that I've been close to uh but I was in survival mode a lot of that time and when my grandma passed it was I was on my own I was living on my own like doing my own things and with her I did all the things like I did drugs I drank. I slept with people to supplement the pain. I got mad and took out a whole bunch of things on a lot of people, like blamed everybody. Like, you didn't do this. That's why she she died. Like, and keep in mind, my grandma passed away in her sleep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, like, like the most peaceful death possible. Exactly. Literally, the most peaceful death possible. And, uh, I mourned her which I thought was grieving for eight years until the first time I went to Bali. So, well, 2009 to 2018. Yeah. Yeah. No, nine years, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I had done that and not been very successful and it took a very, 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 very long time. And what's really interesting is this time around, I feel okay. And when... Anthony passed I and he trained me so 
I had lost about 25 pounds from him training me and healthy pounds. Like it was awesome because of the way that we were training and how I was eating. So he was kind of like taking care of me during that time as well. And when I realized that I had never grieved before, it was one day I was in the new house and at 3.30 in the morning, my bed collapsed (laughs) in the middle of the motherfucking night (laughs) and it just dropped to the ground and it was so awful. And then the following day, I was going to go start training with a new trainer, right? Mm -hmm. And so I go and I meet with this trainer and I was emotional the entire time. And I get into my car and I'm driving home. I get into the shower. Again, the fucking shower, man. That's where it happens. And I literally had a panic attack, like dropped down to the ground. I felt physical pain, mm-hmm. which I had never had happen before because I had always numbed all of it out with eating or sex or whatever. Mm-hmm. I felt the most physical pain in my neck, in my back, down my arm. I thought I was having a heart attack because you guys love, you guys know I love to like create a dramatic situation. I was like, I'm having a heart attack. My right arm hurts. I'm shocked. (laughs) Shocked. Shock and awe. Then that's when I was just like, oh my gosh, okay, this is what's happening. We are doing it. And prior to that, I had some circumstances happen and I was in, you know, I did all the things. Mm -hmm. I did the healthy things. I got into therapy. I started taking Xanax to manage the anxiety. I was getting massages with Nicole. Oh, because you're also a massage therapist. Yes, I am. Yes. I was getting massages with Nicole. I was doing coaching. I was going Mm -hmm. on retreats. Like I was doing all the things to get myself out of this grieving process. Like, no, I'm Mm going to do this the right way. And all I needed to do was drop down and say, okay, God, this is on you. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle this. I don't know what to feel. And it was the first time I also realized this is what's different. I am doing this with God this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, so I didn't take Xanax. I didn't do any drinking. I didn't call anybody to help me through it. I didn't do anything. I sat in that shower until the water was freezing cold. Mm-hmm. And I literally just wept. And then I got up. Been there, man. Right? Yeah. Got up and did it that way. Here's the other thing. You guys are both spiritual people, yeah. believe in God. Mm-hmm. Catholic school girls. Catholic yeah. school girls. Yeah. And like, do you guys believe like God is the center of all things? What do you mean? Like, yeah, like that's the okay. base. Okay. No, I'm just asking. Yeah. Yeah. Because we've never talked about it before. Yeah. Okay. So, well, I, I, I did too, but I just did called it like a lot of other things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, I was like, oh, the universe is telling me. Or my higher self. My higher self. Spirit, the great divine. Yeah, all those things. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I didn't want to call it God. Yeah. And I can't tell you why. I still haven't discovered that. Actually, no. Actually, it's all, you know what? Mm-hmm. Like Celine Dion, it's all coming back to me now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I didn't want to call it God because I wanted to tell myself and lie to myself that I had some sort of control. <laughs> That's why. Because if everything is God's plan and everything is God's will, then I don't have control over anything. And that's horrifying. <laughs> like, that's scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, no, no, no. 
I saw it as scary rather than probably what a lot of people see it as. Thank God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm not in control of everything. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I just have to live my life. No, for me, no. God has control. Well, who's driving this motherfucking car? Well, God. Like, I need to see his credentials. I need to see his credentials. <laughs> and listen, I there were lots of famines. Where was God? Like, there's just mm-hmm. all these reasons. But I think that's really what it is, is I would have had to give up control that God is in control of everything. So, well, and in giving up control, you would have to trust that something somewhere is actually taking care of you. Yeah, exactly. And that's hard to do. <laughs> For you, yes. Yeah, for me, that's very hard to do because I, I need to have some control. I need yeah. to be the one that's take, right, driving this bus, taking care of whoever, doing all those things. So what's different this time is like now God is the presence and I don't feel I need to control how this grieving process is going to go. Yeah, It's already been decided. The path is already laid. That has been my journey. And I only would have seen that through Anthony passing, Mm -hmm. which sucks. But also, it's just another thing to be grateful for, to have that insight. Yeah. And really, when you're able to wrap your your physical brain around um, purpose and that there's so much purpose in death, even... Of those, in as much as it sucks, losing the people we love the most, how much purpose they deliver to us through their passing. Exactly. Like, I felt so responsible for him. Mm-hmm. When he passed, it was kind of like, okay, what do I do with myself now? Who do, who do I look after? Who do I make sure everything's okay? Well, like, what? And it's me. Mm-hmm. Like, now I... I don't have any distractions like, oh, now I take care of myself. Got it. Which is also sometimes really hard to do. But this is all new because the first time I went on retreat, it was only about me. (laughs) In a different way, though. No, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like in a bad way. Like I didn't extend myself to others really. It was, you know, if I called people, we were talking about my life what was going on with me, all of those things. So it's a little bit different now where I'm like, wait, when did that happen? (laughs) Where did I go? Oh, okay, now I'm responsible for me, but now in a different way. Mm -hmm. So that's really exciting. And I really do feel like that first retreat you attended, for both of us, you and I, we stumbled upon this realization that neither of us had ever, ever grieved officially. We both lost our first major pillar of our lives in the same year. She lost her grandma, who raised her. I lost my grandfather who had a heavy hand in raising me. And we had both mourned all nine years until we were sitting in front of each other during one of our workshops and doing a healing tactic with one another. We realized we never grieved our grandparents. And in that session, I think we, I was shocked for myself. You know, I know this work, I teach this work, I live this work. And I was really shocked that there was something I didn't know about myself. Uh, and we went from there. That was really the first time we ever talked about grief and what it actually is and then how to process from there. So really just five years ago was when we both discovered that grief is a real fucking thing. Yeah. And nobody teaches us how to do it. And there's lots of books out there about the processes of it and the psychology behind it. But nobody really is giving um, 
what feels like permission to allow it. They're giving you tools to quote unquote fix it. Mm -hmm. And what I think I speak for all of us, Mm -hmm. what we've all discovered in, in our own grief processes is that there's nothing to fix in grief. There's an allowance that needs to happen. And nobody, it's in my personal experience, nobody's really talking about that allowance. Mm-mm. No. And that's what it is. That's, it gets to a place where when you lose people that were significant in your life, we don't realize how much we're looking to those people. How are they handling it? Mm-hmm. And we don't talk about it. Yeah. So people see us out. And we are partying or we are getting the kids to the soccer games. We're getting to kids all these places. And it could be grief in any capacity. It could Mm -hmm. be the grief of a divorce, of losing your job Mm -hmm. can cause grief. Like there's so, if you have loss, it's grief. That's Mm -hmm. what it is. And we have been told, push through. Like it'll pass. It'll pass. Well, guess what? It doesn't pass. You never lose that passing. And there needs to be an allowance. Yeah. And not just a societal allowance, but also an allowance for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To be able to do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty good about allowing myself to do it. Yeah. Only until Anthony passed. Before that, no. I didn't allow it. I was, and it wasn't from anything else, but I don't want to feel this. I don't want to feel this. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to talk about it. Don't look me in the eye. Don't ask me how I am. No. And now that I'm allowing it, it is a game changer. It's not just society. We have to allow ourselves Mm -hmm. to grieve. And communicate it. I think that's the biggest lesson for me in all the grief. For some context, I lost my dad to COVID in 2020, and then my grandmother passed a few months after that. So they were two of the major pillars in my life. And nobody really explains and I mean this nobody explains the process of this everyone just is constantly trying to fix it how are you first of all let me just say that is the worst fucking question you can ask somebody Mm -hmm. that just lost anything their job their husband their wife their family members that have died like how are you how do you think I am I can't answer I I didn't even know if I had taken a shower How am I supposed to know how I am and how to deliver it so you can feel more comfortable about what I'm going through? Yes. It's wild. It's totally wild. And nobody's talking about this. Nobody's saying the ugly things that are societally inappropriate. Because I did. I remember expressing it like, if one more person asked me how I am, I'm going to fucking lose it. And then... I would be met with things like, well, you know, they have good intentions. They're worried about you. Yeah, I know, but this isn't about them right now. Mm-hmm. For me, just stop asking me. So I had to then like concoct, obviously everything's a lesson. And I had to really come up with how can I find the right words, not just to get myself through this with a little bit of sanity, but how can I now coach people through this? Because mm-hmm. I know that everything I experience in my life is not only a lesson for me, but something that needs to be taught for others to be able to manage their lives also. So I really did a lot of reflection after those losses in 2020 about like, okay, well, if that makes you feel worse, what? how can I help these people help other people when their people die? And it's a really hard, 
question to answer because some people love that. Oh, she asked me how I was. They must love me. Like, I get that. But for me, people who, I don't even know how to say that. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Well, but here's the thing. The, the best thing for that is, and what I have found is when I was going to meet with a big group of people, I would send a text and I would say, this is how I am. Mm -hmm. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it. Don't ask me anything that has anything to do with what I'm going through. Mm -hmm. I would like to talk about your children. I would like to know what's going on in your guys' lives. So then when I showed up to the party or wherever we were, everybody knew. Yeah. And it, and it took so much pressure off of the people who love you because everyone's intentions are good. Everybody wants to take care of you and love you through this and they want to help. But if we can't communicate what that looks like, they're going to lose and we're going to lose because then we just don't want to be around the people who are trying to love us and we're going to push them away. Teresa's specialty. Yeah. Yeah. So learning to communicate what you actually need. You know, I remember people saying, what can I do for you instead of how are you? And I thought that was the most brilliant question. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes I would say, I have no idea. And then sometimes I would hand my phone over to my husband who became my PR Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he would just communicate and let them know. Because you really don't know when you're in those, especially those first few weeks, Mm -hmm. you really don't know what you need. You don't know if you brushed your teeth this morning. You don't know if you're going to make it through the day. So being able to communicate something, yeah. uh, drop off food for us or tell everyone in our friend group to not text me for the next 24 days, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, really learning to communicate what, what would actually be helpful to you rather than how are you? Yeah. And I think that like what's really helpful about that also is it also gives, it also gave me something to do like mm-hmm. in that process because I didn't know what to do we had gone and Nicole I know you can relate to this and Teresa you absolutely can relate to this we had gone from 24 7 care Mm -hmm. and taking care of somebody Mm -hmm. now they're gone yeah like now they're gone yeah and like what like what do you do with your day now (laughs) like my whole day was getting the kids to school like making sure the dogs were fed, like doing my job, like, you know, does, does Shani have what she needs? Like at the mm-hmm. hospital, do we need to coordinate what's going to be for dinner? Like there was so much to do and then they're gone and now there's nothing to do. Like now I just, okay. So now, you know, my sister-in-law was home so she could take the kids to school and like now there's nothing to do. And it, what was good about that was I could like, focus on myself and say like what do I need and it gave me something to do Mm -hmm. so I think like and here's the thing this is Nicole's experience this is my experience I I don't like to be asked how I'm doing Mm -hmm. because I'll be honest I don't know Mm -hmm. I don't know how I'm doing Mm -hmm. I mean it seems all right yeah but I don't know what I do like to be asked is what's new Mm -hmm. what's going on with you what's been happening that's what I like because then I can gear the conversation. It'll either be like, oh my gosh, it's been really hard with the kids. Like it makes me sad. Like yeah. I cry every time. Or I can say like, oh my God, work's been so good. Oh my gosh, we just went to our friend's wedding and it was so much fun. Yeah. So I prefer instead of how are you, I like what's new. Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> like, but I don't like how are you. And I actually even wrote a post about it called how are you. I did a post about it after my 
my dad passed because I was asked so much. And another thing is if you are asking and the person says, okay, being able to accept they're okay. This is the post. How are you? The most loaded question one can ask a child who's lost their parent. How are you? Most of the time I don't answer out of sheer annoyance of an expectation of unsolicited comfort and advice. If I do answer, it's a simple, I'm okay. But no one seems to like that answer, as if being okay is not okay. Being okay doesn't mean I'm not sad. Being okay doesn't mean I'm not grieving. Being okay doesn't mean I'm not dealing or healing. Being okay doesn't mean I'm not heartbroken. Being okay doesn't mean I don't miss him so much that my body physically aches. Being okay means that I can be all of those things and still be okay. While I'm more than okay, everything about my life has changed in a matter of moments. I'm different. My children are different. My siblings are different. My marriage is different. Everything is different. I'm adapting. My children are adapting. My siblings are adapting. My marriage is adapting. Everything is adapting. So I ask everyone to please give me grace and accept that I'm okay. I find comfort in the heartache as it is my greatest reminder of the love we were so privileged to share. I miss him. I miss his smell, his laugh, his booming voice. But I see him in the mirror every day. I hear his voice in my brother. I feel his protection in my sister. I feel his strength in my mother. I see his humor rampant in his grandchildren. I let the grief consume me when it needs to. Then I remember whose daughter I am and I continue to push forward and let him live through me. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> well, and I and that's the biggest thing, right? Is it's not only like how are we, it's that everything's different. Different. Everything everything is different. It's the weirdest thing. And Tracy, you had that cuz your family your family takes care of a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> like just no, I'm serious. Yeah. Like well, our grandparents. Yeah. Yeah, we take turns taking care And my grandfather passed away in 2020 as well. So, and me, I'm the one that I don't openly grieve. I'm the one that puts it away. I don't talk to anybody. And when people ask me, how are you doing? I'm, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm pushing through. Um, but I did experience with that annoyance because they more look at you with their own sorrow. And it's like, I'm, I don't want to comfort you because I have to deal with my own shit. Right. So don't, like, yeah, I'm fine. Let's move on now. Mm-hmm. So that's what I experienced then. And what I've been explaining to others about grief, I have a lot of people who come to me. Obviously, I'm a psychic medium. So people mm-hmm. lose people, and they come to me like, please communicate with my whoever. And what I explain to them in those processes is that grief doesn't get better. It doesn't get easier. It doesn't somehow morph into joy out of sadness. So what I've been explaining to everybody in the grief process is that grief due to a lost loved one really is just adaptation. Mm -hmm. You adapt to their absence. You don't ever stop missing them. 
And there are moments. It's been three years. It'll be three years this summer since my dad passed. And while I don't cry every day, I miss him every day. Mm-hmm. And there are moments where I haven't thought anything sad about it in months. And then something as simple as putting my daughter's graduation invitations together will slay me. Because I haven't had to adapt to that one thing yet. I haven't had to have a graduation without him yet. So for the rest of my life, I will adapt in every moment that I need to adapt to his absence. So it doesn't ever heal or go away completely. You just adapt to what your life is without their physical presence. Yeah. And I think that's the other piece of it is that, you know, for me, what it is morphing into, which would not have happened since if I had not gone on, on retreat, a thou- I mean, I will always say this, a- and where I am now on my spiritual journey, like with God and rediscovering God and religion and all of these things is like, what happens now to my grief is like, it is morphing into gratitude. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I have, I have gone from why me when these things have happened to mm-hmm. what God, what are you trying to tell me? Yeah. What am I supposed to know? Mm-hmm. Tell me. Like you've all, you've all, you've you've been mentioning it. You've been trying to like sway me and tell me, but I'm listening now. Mm-hmm. So what am I supposed to know? And it's gratitude. It's mm-hmm. always gratitude in that circumstance. Yeah. Now, <laughs> it, it can go a little left because mm-hmm. <laughs> I. You guys, I was shocked when he died. Yeah. I was shocked when Anthony died. I know that sounds crazy. <laughs> he had brain cancer. It moved into his spine. I mean, he was going into hospice. But I was, I, I had accidentally spiritually bypassed reality. Mm-hmm. And I had so much faith and trust in God that I was shocked when he died. Right. And th- and that, I think, was the most challenging thing. So what I'm balancing now is how do I prepare for the worst, hope for the best, and accept what is? Oh, I have a good answer for that. Oh, tell me. So you were shocked that he died because you expected that your faith in God would heal him. And how to manage what you just said about plan for the worst. Or what did you say? Expect the worst, plan for the best. Expect the worst, hope hope for for the the best, best, and accept what is. Perfect. My answer to that is you don't expect anything. Yeah. I don't expect the worst outcome ever, but I also don't expect the best outcome either. My prayer is always simple that I know everything in whatever situation is going to lead me to what I need in this life. Mm -hmm. And it's that simple because sometimes we need the upset. Who I've become as a person through the loss of my dad and my grandmother has made a really great impact on in my life, in my family, in my job. And I know that I wouldn't have become any of that Mm -hmm. had I not lost them. And I know that you're currently experiencing the same Mm -hmm. after Anthony's passing. 
So that's my answer to that is I don't expect the best or the worst. I have complete faith that God is leading me to and through everything that I need to experience to deliver what I came to this life to deliver. Does that help? Uh, no, because <laughs> I'm let me shocked. tell you why. Well, because let me tell you why. Where you guys are spiritually is significantly, you're at a different level spiritually than I am. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. And for me to get to that, now let me say it it doesn't help me now. Mm-hmm. It helps me for when I'm going to be that person. Definitely. Yeah, that's what it will do. And for me right now, because I'm still learning about trusting God in all things mm-hmm. and getting to that place, I maintain an expectation so that I don't get jarred. Got it. Like yeah. I did. Yeah. I think I will get to what you're talking about. And I think that that is going to be very helpful for people that have 100% faith in God from a transcending level. <laughs> Not new words. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> but for me, I'm still on this plane. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's what makes me really excited and kind of know is that while my faith is strong mm-hmm. and I know it's strong, there's still that human in me that's like, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not doubt. Yeah. Right. And it is, that's what it is. It's just a little bit yeah. of doubt. Sure. And I'm so happy that I still have that little bit of doubt because you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me like, damn, look at how far I've been mm-hmm. and look at how far I still have to go. Totally. Yeah. Like, the room for growth is huge mm-hmm. and that's exciting for me it should be and I still have that and and this could also be like a Mexican thing of like oh mija don't it can't be too good no 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 don't it can't be too good because then mm-hmm. if it's bad you're gonna be shocked yeah and we do that we do that with kids too right like well don't get your hopes up don't get your hopes up yeah like you know they Aww. apply to a school well you don't do that I don't Teresa do that. I don't either yeah. you guys don't <laughs> Look, you guys are like no live this, your life I know Nicole she's like no expectations mine is always whatever is for the best and highest good of everyone involved and no harm to anyone Definitely. and then I just give it to God from that point I can't wait to be like you guys when I grow up <laughs> It doesn't make it pain-free. It doesn't make it scary. It doesn't, I mean, I still live in those places sometimes, but I know that there's a support system that I can't see, right? It's the faith. I'm a faithful person, but I also live on this planet, man. Mm -hmm. And I've seen some things. Yeah. (laughs) So it's, it gives me hope. It gives me hope that you guys who have experienced so many different kind of things. I mean, you're both young moms. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys Lots have seen loss. things too. Lots of loss. Yeah. I mean, being your own, like, breadwinners and business owners and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. so you guys, if, if you guys have that faith, then I see the possibility of it. Right. And it's inspiring. And listen, and that's how my brother was. That's how my sister-in-law is. Mm-hmm. That's how a lot of the Christian people that I've met through that community, they are all like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I'm always so inspired. I'm like, damn, you guys are wild out here believing. <laughs> like, this is crazy. You guys just believe freely. Jumping out of airplanes with no pack on. Yeah. Like, God has me. What? <laughs> Drake? <laughs> 
funny story about that. When I first started driving, like in high school, I remember I was driving with Aaron one time, which he still hates driving with me. Your husband. Uh-huh. And I changed lanes and I didn't look like in the rear view mirror. And he was like, what the fuck, Nicole? You didn't even look. And I was like, I prayed. <laughs> Literally my answer at 16 years old. <laughs> I prayed and it worked. It, I'm here. <laughs> Did it. But that's Nicole's favorite thing. Yeah. But did you die? Yeah. I hate when you say that. I didn't. And here all three of us are still alive. Something I do believe now, and okay, nobody get triggered by this. Like nobody get all worked up. Or do get triggered and get worked up and then we have a retreat for that. That's true. That's true. Get triggered and worked up and then uh, let us know and we'll steer you in the right direction. (laughs) You know, there's that song, like only the good die young. Mm -hmm. And I will say... If I look at Anthony's life and, you know, like your grandpa, your uncle, your dad, like if I look at Anthony's life, he lived an almost perfect life. Like, did he make, he made mistakes, all of those things. Like, but if I take an objective look and I like think about the way he raised his kids, the way he threw himself into his marriage, the way he treated his family, the way he left people every single time he left them. He was done here. He was all done. And that's why he died at 34. Like, he had done what he needed to do here, and now it's like, okay. Now, if that's an indication, I'm going to be like Tom Hanks in The Green Mile. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody will be gone, and it'll just be me and my little mouse. So it makes me a little nervous. <laughs> I try to think like, oh, that was Anthony. That wasn't me. I'll be fine. <laughs> I'm going to die at 75, 80. <laughs> like, but that gives me peace. Yeah. That gives me peace. Like, while it's so sad for me, mm-hmm. I, I do feel happy for him that, I mean, this is going to sound, it sounds what it is, like that he got to go to the kingdom of heaven. Like, yeah. that doesn't sound weird at all. Okay. That's- Maybe a song word. What I say was, when I saw my grandfather, grandfather, my thought that at the end of his days, I prayed for peace for him, mm-hmm. and I knew only peace was gonna come through death. Mm-hmm. And I know people have shit around that. Like, why would you pray for somebody to die? I'm not praying for them to die. I'm praying for them to be at peace and be whole again. Cause I, he was a great man. He was one of the best men I ever knew. And why do I want him to suffer and stay here? Because I'm feeling selfish. Because I'm scared, and I don't want him to leave. So pre- you know what's so funny that you say that uh, about three or four days before Anthony passed, my prayers were always, Lord, please help him through this journey. Mm-hmm. Please heal him if you're supposed to heal him. Please do what you're supposed to do. Grant our family the comfort to understand whatever your plan is. That's what I was praying mm-hmm. for, right? Like mm-hmm. constantly, constantly. Because mm-hmm. I didn't want to say, take him, God. Just yeah. take him. Because <laughs> I was like, I'm not fucking done with him yet. Yeah. And in those last three or four days, I started praying, please grant Anthony what he wants. Mm-hmm. Please, whatever. I said, this is what I said. I said, God, please provide and answer Anthony's prayers. Mm-hmm. God, please provide mm-hmm. and answer Anthony's prayers because as we know, like what we pray for silently isn't mm-hmm. always what we express publicly. Yeah. 
And my personal opinion, I think that he held on for us. Mm-hmm. I think he was supposed to go at Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like I, I do. I think he was supposed to go at Christmas, but I think those four months were for us. Yeah. And at the end, that's finally what I was praying for was for God to answer his prayers, whatever that was. You know what? As you speak about that, I feel my grandfather held on so long for that same reason. But I think that we don't realize how much is actually going on internally with them, even though they're not responsive Mm -hmm. and how much energy is still there. It's busy and it's, it's, there's still so much going on. Yeah. They're active. They're actively still um, tying up loose ends for us, Mm -hmm. for us, setting Mm -hmm. us up before they finally let go. Yeah. Yeah. When my dad was in the hospital, his final week, he was intubated, so we couldn't talk to him. But he, early on when he was in there, started getting scared because, you know, near end of life, you start communicating with your deceased loved ones. And he was experiencing them coming to him. And he called me a voodoo princess. I do not practice voodoo. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) But he called me that jokingly because he knew that I was a psychic medium and he loved to make jokes about that. And he called and uh, he was emotional and upset. And he said, they're coming for me, mijo. And I said, I know, dad, I can see them. And he said, tell them not to take me. Mm. I don't want to go. And I, you know, I got to be strong on the phone, right? Like, can't let them know I'm affected by this. <laughs> and I told him, don't worry, dad. Right now they're just comforting you. And I promise you they won't take you um, until you're ready. So if you don't want them to take you, just tell them you're not ready. And he's like, his mother who he was very close to he said she keeps touching my back Mm. and I said I know dad she just wants you to feel feel comfortable you know she's she's taking care of you and he said you promise (laughs) yes dad I promise like they're not gonna take you unless you want them to and he said okay don't tell anybody I talked to you about your voodoo magic I don't believe in this shit. Yeah. <laughs> but I did need to know. <laughs> so funny. So they're so still funny. active and they're yeah. aware of, of all the things they're able to put into place yeah. for us before they make their grand exit. Mm-hmm. And I had that with Anthony also. He talked to yeah. me about what he wanted for the kids and about who I am and um, my uncle. He talked about my uncle Ricky and... Um, and it was in those last few days that I had the most amazing privilege to, you know, have that. I, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do this ever again. Like yeah. with somebody, you know, sick like this. Mm-hmm. Everybody has to go in a car accident or like in their <laughs> sleep. sleep. Like, <laughs> you don't want to go with like the, the suddenness yeah. of the tragedy. I, no, I. <laughs> Yeah. No, I prefer. Like, but you know, I don't. If like, I love yeah. you, if I love you, you have to die in your sleep. Okay. In a car accident, <laughs> we will die in our sleep for you. Thank you. Like, we'll just all go together. No. Okay. Oh. <laughs> People are gonna. <laughs> Teresa, don't, don't say that. People are gonna think we're a cult. Not a death pact. <laughs> don't do that. Only when we're in our late eighties, living in our Golden Girls house. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
then that yeah okay yes but i'll be honest guys like and and i've talked to other people about this and they feel the exact opposite like it's definitely a um personal thing Mm -hmm. but i don't want to do this ever again i don't this was the and it was only six months so we're not talking about a long time and it was only probably like the last month that it was like that but i don't ever want to do that again i want it fast i want it quick and that's why you know that's why i talked so much on the last episode of like there's, you know, two things that happened with Anthony and my grandma that I don't know that I've had the opportunity with with other people that have died. I had no regrets. None. They both knew exactly how I felt about them. They both knew exactly where I was about how much I loved them. So I had no regret. Like, and when I see people grieve hard, on themselves and others and taking it out on others and expressing and hurting others which I have also done I now know that that comes from guilt and regret absolutely yeah and I have more space for it I didn't before Mm -hmm. like when my grandma passed there were some feelings yeah from people and I will tell you I can't change it but always moving forward I now know that when people treat anybody a certain way after somebody has passed, that's guilt and regret and remorse. Yeah. And I have space for it now. And now I understand like, oh, <laughs> you're calling me an ungrateful piece of shit. I hear you. Mm-hmm. That's your grief talking. You're yeah. right. I am. I'm an ungrateful piece of shit. What else about that? Mm-hmm. Tell me everything. Because... I, I want to be part of that solution and I'm not going to take that personally. Yeah. So give me, give it to me all. Tell me, tell me how awful I am. Tell me that I'm disgusting. Tell me whatever, because I know where it's coming from and I don't want that person to have that in their body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. It's yucky. It's yucky. And I had it in my body for, you know, nine years and 80 pounds. Like I get it. I totally get it. So it's wild out here in these grief streets. It's <laughs> the wildest. Yeah. The wildest. So then they go, yep. die, mm-hmm. and now we're here Yeah. with the rest of them. Yeah. And let me just tell you, that's one of the hardest things is I would go see Nicole for a massage, and I had just talked to a friend who, and this was like, this is it now, you know, because we're a yeah. year out. This was probably like within the first three to four months and I'd go to see Nicole and I was like my friend was just telling me that she just doesn't know how she's going to make it through the day because her boyfriend said something terrible to her and I wanted to tell her did your brother just die I think you're going to be fucking fine <laughs> like totally irrational uh-huh. completely insensitive but did you guys experience one million percent like you didn't have the no. tolerance for anybody complaining about anything no because Teresa puts it away and puts everybody else in front of her so that she mm-hmm. doesn't have to feel what she's feeling mm-hmm. so that's what Teresa does mm. and then Teresa goes home at night and cries <laughs> now did you do you ever cry with people no okay well I mean I, you guys have seen me cry yeah. It's, yeah it's select few yeah 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 I'm not just gonna like oh in front of a bunch of people like me but, yeah <laughs> you guys are on the complete opposite ends of the spectrum. Yes. <laughs> yes. And me, I'm just, I mean, you see me have a panic attack. What does it look like? Sonia, I'm totally freaking out right now. 
right? Yeah, like that that's, was weird. That was weird. But that's that's how she emotes. Yes. And then, but how does that affect you? Um, I notice when I know when I'm overwhelmed. Mm. That's when it's like, okay, I'm full. I need to do something about this. Or when she shows up to see me and I say, what the fuck, Teresa? Your whole face is swollen. Yeah. I can see what you're not saying and feeling and thinking, and we got to manage this like Mm -hmm. today. So you retain it. I retain it physically. Yeah. When I emotionally retain, I physically retain. And what happened? Like, what do you like? What are your symptoms? Uh, My jaws. Mm. I clench my jaws. I stop breathing. I get that shallow breathing. I can get physically dizzy. Mm. Um, The swelling. I will swell. And she hides from us. I do. I do. I'm quiet and I pull away with, if I'm not talking or texting you guys, uh, Teresa's going through it. Yeah. And, and that I'll be honest with you. Like that's scary for, for me. Mm -hmm. Um, just because like, I mean, and this is the first time, this is also something that's different. This is the first time anything has ever happened in my life. That's this traumatic Mm -hmm. that I wasn't suicidal. Mm -hmm. And I do lend that to God because I do like in Anthony's passing, there, I gained an appreciation about how precious life is mm-hmm. because of his presence and what he contributed to the world. There is a significant missing in this physical world. Yeah. Now, do I know that he's taking care of me from above? Do mm-hmm. I know that he is weaving and mending things within every single moment of my life? Yes. And he is also gone. Yeah. So if people don't believe that, there's a physical missing for them. Yeah. So... In that, even though I know you're not suicidal mm-hmm. and you would never have that kind of capacity, yeah. it, it's traumatic for mm-hmm. me. And since it's always all about me, I yeah. need you to stop doing that. Okay, I'm sorry. I will text you. Like, I'm okay. I just need a break. Yeah. There's okay. that communication we were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fine, bitches. Just don't text me right now because my cup is overflowing and I need to, like, bring it back down. Yeah. And I think that's the other thing, too, is that you have such an amazing support system and Nicole you do too yeah, where you guys don't have to reach out mm-hmm. because you have that um nuclear support system mm-hmm. where some of us who have people that love and care about us and we have family but we're not married and this comes to a living situation like it, what she's speaking to is um, living alone or as a single person mm-hmm. is very different. Teresa and I um, have multiple people that live in our household. So even if we weren't feeling supported, like we are physically surrounded by others, which in the grief process is necessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's like, that's the thing. I think, you know, people sometimes mistake that of when you're alone or you have grown children mm-hmm. or you're divorced and you're alone going through it we do need those people to reach mm-hmm. out to us. And then that's what makes it even more tricky because we say, we need you to reach out to us. And then they say, how are you? And we're like, get the fuck out of here, man. And they're all, <laughs> did your brother just die? Yeah. <laughs> did your brother just, and it's like, wait, wait. Okay. I'm confused now because you're living alone and we're scared that we're going to find you hanging from your shower rod, but you don't want us to ask you how you are. Let me just say, I feel compassion for everybody who's trying to be there for us. Mm-hmm. I, do. I do. too. And that's why it's, really important for anyone who's going through this process like sit down and figure out what you need yeah sit down and figure out what you need so that people can win with you so that you can express to them hey this is what's happening like this and 
you know, for me now, it's kind of like if there is an event and there's something going on, my go like I don't want to be asked anything. It's about that person. It's their day. We're not talking about it. Don't ask me how my brother or well, he's dead. Don't ask me how anybody's doing. <laughs> don't ask me how I'm doing. Don't do anything like no. It, we're talking about this day, this person. Yeah. And that's kind of where we are. So for you, Teresa, for Teresa. Mm hmm. What do I need? That's no, no. I'm telling <laughs> okay. you what I need. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I need for you to not disappear. Okay. Even just send me a waving emoji. Okay. I'll be like, oh, she's all right. Well, you know, once in a while, I'll be like, I love you, girl. That's it. Yeah, but that's when you're worried about me. That's no, 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 no. That's just it. that's her way too. Oh, of okay. Telling you like, hey, I'm good. Yeah. Oh. Like I'll just send people like, hey, I love you. Like, thought about you. I'm not totally disconnected, but I still need some space. Okay. okay. Oh, I didn't know that until right now. Okay. And I, fun fact, trickster about Teresa is if you are worried about her, tell her you need her for something and she'll show up. Oh. Yeah. So why did you give my secret away? Everybody listening, if you know <gasps> Teresa, that's how you get her out. Yes. Teresa so will, will be there for everybody else first. Yeah. And we need to work on that for another podcast. <laughs> but then it's a trick. <laughs> and when she shows up, it's really all about her. Yeah. <laughs> I disappeared for my birthday. I was like, Nicole, don't even call me. I know you did disappear. <laughs> I did. You did. Sorry, guys. So now, how are you? How are you physically feeling? I'm physically feeling better. So, with my fatha, I did that whole disappear. Right. I'm gonna be there for everybody else. With my uncle who just passed away in January. So my fatha passed away two years ago, December. It'll be three years this year, December. My uncle passed away January. I took a totally different approach. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to feel my feelings all the fucking time. If I'm feeling super happy, I'm going to be super happy. If I'm feeling really down and sad, I'm just going to feel it. And whoever's around me is going to have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And it's been a game changer. Yay. Yeah. But like what's new for me is those moments of super high and super happy are usually followed with, I'm going to sob all the way home in the car. Mm-hmm. So it's the um, being able to be happy while grieving. Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. And that's the other thing. And, you know, I have a really hard time uh, living in the gray. I'm always very black and white. Like, mm-hmm. it's very logical. Like, if this, then this. Um, and I've had to learn that is what I've had to learn and give myself a lot of grace for is that I'm allowed to go out and be happy and have mm-hmm. so much fun and still have a missing like yeah. and for some reason I don't know where I picked this up whether it's society or whatever it's kind of like no if something awful happens you're supposed to be sad and you go through it yeah. and if you're having a good time that means that you really didn't care about mm-hmm. them and it's kind of like no I like I get that now and mm-hmm. I was even judgmental sometimes like about that like for mm-hmm. like somebody could you know lose somebody and then get married six months later. And I was mm-hmm. like, whoa, hey. And now I realize, like, we don't know what happens mm-hmm. when people pass and, like, what it was up to that point. And I saw a really, really inst- in, uh, interesting Instagram post where this lady, she had said that her husband had been sick for a long time. And she had already grieved him because he'd been Mm -hmm. sick for so long she had already grieved him and so then after he passed everybody was like devastated and sad yeah and she had to like grieve again 
after she'd already done it because that's what society tells you. Like she's the widow. She has to do this. She has to do that. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, Oh God, that would sound like you've accepted it. You move on. Mm -hmm. And now you're having to be with all the people about it. And it's a different kind of grief because that for me was like my grandmother. You guys know I was helping to take care of her for the last three years of her Mm -hmm. life. And, um, I always say I grieved my grandmother the day my grandfather died because she became somebody different. And especially during uh, the last two years of her life, when we're caring for her, she was, you know, unfortunately a little bit of just a shell of a person. So we'd already grieved losing her. Mm -hmm. But then when she passed, it was like we had to grieve everybody else losing her, everybody that wasn't there for her actual Mm -hmm. decline. And it's so wild. It's such a different kind of grief. It is. And when you take care of people, like, then you feel bad for them too. So now we're, so now we're grieving. And then like you guys, (laughs) Anthony's friends, like my heart, I, I, Anthony's male friends, that were his age or maybe a little bit older that were married and had kids and stuff. I felt so much pain for them. Like they loved him. And I think what also happened was like, okay, if this can happen to him, could this happen to me? Like what would happen to my family? Like what happened? And I like, every time I saw the men and when I saw them crying in Anthony's service and just in general, I just felt so like I wanted to take care of them. Like you guys, like it'll be okay. Like I didn't feel a type of way about comforting anybody because I was like, oh. yeah. <laughs> I felt so bad for them. Yeah, really bringing it full circle and you know, wrapping up the entire conversation. It's just let it be what it is. Don't be hard on yourself. Exp- what do whatever you have to do to get through this and it's going to be personal Mm -hmm. it's going to be a personal journey of where you are yeah don't be hard on yourself reach out when you need help reach out when you (laughs) don't need help to tell your friends back off or your family yeah because that is going to be the biggest thing to help you get through it yeah yeah Giving yourself and others grace, I think, is the key to getting through any tragedy, but most importantly, death. I had a friend who just recently um, lost her mother, and she reached out to me right away, and she said, what do I need to know? And I said, the number one thing I want you to focus on is give everybody grace. Give yourself grace. Give your siblings grace. Like, you guys are all going to grieve this so differently, and if you make them wrong, it's going to be an ordeal. So she texts me the next morning, because I texted her do you need anything? Just want to tell you, I love you. And she said, "Welp, <laughs> didn't try that grace thing on last night and got in a fist fight with one of my sisters. <laughs> I laughed so damn hard. <laughs> and, and when we say grace, this is what we mean, right? Cause grace is such a loaded. Broad. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a broad word. It's a broad loaded word, right? We hear yeah. grace a lot. Extend yourself grace. Give yourself a fucking break, man. Yeah. Give yourself a fucking break. Give others a fucking break. Like, if you see somebody and they're acting wild in the streets, look the other way. Just look the other way. Like, 
Don't mm-hmm. make it your business. Don't because you don't know what they're going through. Now, no. of course, if this is somebody that you love and you see it going down a road that is very, very bad, of course. But just give your and give yourself a break. If you feel like I should be if you start shooting yourself, I should do this. I should do that. I should do that. That's your sign to stop whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. To, whatever you're in that spiral, immediately stop and redirect whether it's going for well i'm not an exercise person so i'm never gonna go for a fucking walk but i'm just kidding i'm getting back into it i'm getting back into it um but whether that redirection is cleaning going to the park Mm -hmm. taking a drive do you have any errands that you need to run get in the shower get in the shower i've had several people reach out to me sonia i don't know what to do today i just i'm feeling like and i'm like my first question every single time, have you showered today? Mm-hmm. And not one time has anybody said yes yeah. in that spiral. In hydrotherapy, you can Google it. It's an actual healing tactic. Mm-hmm. We are born yeah. of water. We maintain being water. And when we pass, we return to water. And you know why water's so special? It's one of the places where the angels can actually communicate with you. Water's mm-hmm. that can do it. So, like, you can speak and hear. Makes sense. It, I mean... the. I get in the shower and my best ideas come in the shower because what? It's divinely guided. It's not just an idea. Yes. And and you have the space too. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's quiet in there. You're all naked. Yeah. Like, just like we talked about on the last episode, the shower, man. The shower is the place to be. Mm-hmm. But that's the first thing. If you are spiraling and when I spiral, I could have taken a shower 20 minutes before that. But when I spiral, I hit the shower immediately. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where I'm at with it. So just... Give yourself a break. That's what we talk about when we say grace. Because I hear grace a lot and I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Like grace, extend grace. Give yourself a break. That's what it means. And grace is another word again for that allowance we talked about earlier. Just allowing what is to be what is. I've only ever had two panic attacks in my entire life. I'm not somebody who ever spirals like ever. I don't think anybody's ever seen me in that state. Mm -hmm. And it happened the night I wrote my dad's eulogy. I wrote it. It was really good. I'm a really good writer. (laughs) Um, and then I legit, what Sonia was explaining earlier, I thought I was having a heart attack. My arm went numb. I couldn't breathe. It was four o'clock in the morning. Everybody in my house was asleep. I was, I'm not about to wake people up. I don't do that. And I got in the shower and I curled up in a ball and laid on the floor till I could breathe again. And it took about an hour and 45 minutes, but Mm -hmm. after an hour and 45 minutes of coming to Jesus, (laughs) yep, Mm -hmm. he brought me on through that. Exactly. So, and just reach out. reach out so i mean i think those are the biggest takeaways right Mm -hmm. give yourself a break extend grace yourself and others yeah and if you like being asked how are you then continue to receive that (laughs) because some people do right Mm -hmm. continue to receive that and if you find yourself being triggered sit down make a list of what you need to be okay in these situations and express that to your family and friends yeah not Mm -hmm. to and not your listen Here's the thing, my, you know, people that I work with or people that I don't see on a regular basis, you, they ask me, how am I? That's fine. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, I got to be a grown up, mm-hmm. right? I got to be a grown up and fucking communicate like a human being. <laughs> sure. Like, come on. But my people, I need to help them win. Yeah. And since I talk to them daily and if they ask me how I am every single day, I'm going to snap at them. So I need to be accountable to help them win. Yeah. Another thing about that too, I got really comfortable with saying, how I actually was for those people in my life. Like my kids, like 
are you okay? And me saying like, no, I'm just really sad today. Mm -hmm. Like being okay, letting people know, like, I'm just really sad today. I don't want to talk about it. I'm just sad and I'm going to be sad. So if you don't like that for me, please don't try to fix it. Just know that I'm sad. So maybe you don't want to be around me right now. Yeah. 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 And what do I, what have I told you guys? Like you guys have said like, Hey, how's it going? Like, how are you? Mm -hmm. And it's fucking awful, man. Yeah. This is fucking terrible. Yeah, yeah, it totally is. (laughs) And I like, so, I mean, it's, it's just all of those things, Mm -hmm. right? Because we joke about it now. Mm -hmm. Like, Hey, how are you? Yeah. Laughter through tears is my favorite emotion. Laughter through my tears. Laughter through tears is my favorite emotion. (laughs) That's still Magnolia's. (laughs) Forever and ever. You know, another little tidbit for people, not necessarily the grieving person, but people who are trying to love people through mm-hmm. grief. Um, shit, I just lost my thought. It's oh. Sometimes you don't need to say how you're doing, just I love you, and that's it. Not even needing a response back from people. And it, another tip for people that are trying to help or communicate with people who are grieving is take their lead. So if you see them and they don't, they, they don't, they're not saying anything about it. They're not talking about it. They're not expressing it. Like take their lead and say, look, if they come in and they say like, oh my gosh, I bought a new car. Like I have a house, like all these things. Oh my God, stop it. That's amazing. And talk about your life. What's going on with you? How are you doing? Do that. Follow whoever you're talking to that is grieving. Follow their lead. Totally. If they... If they can't communicate how how we are trained via, you know, doing the workshops and stuff like that to communicate what they need, follow their lead. Yeah. And if rather than saying, how are you? What's new? That you can't yeah. go wrong with what's new. Yeah. You can't go wrong with what's new. Another good point for watching the people you love grieve is don't be the person that's analyzing their behavior. Mm. like well she's not I had a lot of that when my Mm. dad died people close people in our family saying things to my husband which of course he's gonna tell me because duh (laughs) things like well she must not be grieving right or well if she's doing that already that's not helpful your analyzation especially for people who haven't been in the situation if you haven't lost the exact same person that they've lost don't compare your situations I haven't lost my brother I can't really know what that's like for Sonia Teresa hasn't lost her dad. She Mm -hmm. can't really know what that's like for me. We can support each other and love each other, but we can't analyze. I mean, you can, but you're kind of an asshole if you do. Analyze how other people are managing um, their grief process. Exactly. Give them a fucking break. Yeah. Give them a break. Yeah. Not Nell Carter. Okay. Um, (laughs) So, who's ready for the lesson from Grandma Tony? All right. So... On this episode, for lessons from Grandma Tony, get yourself some ride or dies. That's I love it. That's for the ride or dies. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) (laughs) she's so crazy. (laughs) Um, like you have build your community, Mm -hmm. and it may be two people, and it may be fifty people. But build your community. Get those people who are going to rally around you. Get those people around you where you can go to them and they and you, they say, how are you? And you say, I'm fucking terrible, man. This is awful. Right? Yeah. My grandma had a girl gang. They were like a girl gang. They were called the Pink Dragons. Did they have jackets? They did. Oh, my oh, God. We need jackets. We're getting jackets. Yeah. And they even had jackets. And they were all each other's, you know, godparents, right? Mm-hmm. All each other's kids' godparents. And they all lived 
kind of how we live now. Like they all lived very close to one another. Mm -hmm. And I remember being little and walking to all of their houses, like with my grandma and we would all play together and like the kids, but we would all walk to each other. They would all walk to each other's houses. And I look back on that, like with my grandma and I'm like, damn, my grandma had some homies. Like she had homies and you know, their husbands would pass and they were there for them through their husband's passing. They were there for them with their children passing. They were there for them through losing homes, losing jobs, losing whatever. They were just always there for each other for everything. It really impacts me now at this age. So because I feel like now that I'm in my 40s, there's something that changes with time and how short it is, not only from a physical world level, but now through everything I'm going through, like we don't have a lot of time on this planet if we really look at it existentially, right? Like Mm -hmm. it really is a short amount of time. So get yourself some ride or dice, whatever that looks like. Don't shut yourself off. And I was always that girl who said, I get along better with men than I do with women. I know it's so gross. (laughs) And then you met us. And then I met, well, I always had really good girlfriends, but I put a name to the fact that the reason that I never got, quote unquote, got along with other women was because I was always in competition with them. Mm -hmm. I was always in competition with them rather than realizing to be in partnership with my homies. And ever since I've made that change to see women as my partners instead of my competition, I have had and found the most fulfilling female relationships. It's been literally the most amazing experience that I've had. And I feel like I feel so incredibly grateful. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is what my grandma had. They were ride or die homies. So lesson from Grandma Tony, get yourself some ride or die homies. That's right. So thank you guys. I appreciate you. Thank you. This is awesome. Yay. Let's do it again. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.